Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only podcast where we talk about every live-action television show based on a comic book or comic book property. I am your host for the evening, Taylor. With me, as always, is Greg. Taylor, I am very worried, my friend. Why? Why are you worried? Because movie pass is coming to an end. Ooh, yeah. Uh, we can't I'm taking it hard, Taylor. I, I can no longer watch Blade Runner 2049 six times I'm in t- theaters. I'm taking it so hard. For the low, low price of $9.99 a month. <laughs> you ruined it. It was going to be Yeah, fine, it people like you, people Taylor. Like it honestly was me. I, I didn't want to say anything, but I stole $5 million from movie. I don't know if I'm going to see Teen Titans go to the movies now. Which is heartbreaking to I'm me. I'm going to have to pay to see the Mission Impossible Fallout. Ew, no you don't. Yeah, I'm oh, going to have to pay to see Mission Listen, Impossible Fallout. You do Fallout. not it's talk shit on the Mission Impossible yeah, franchise. Fuck you, it's Mike. It's the greatest franchise since the Bourne <laughs> trilogy. And I've, and I've heard this one is the best one. The sixth one is supposed to be the best. Yeah. The logo is a little boy with like a thumbs up that I don't understand. It's, it's called be Two good. Mission, Two Impossible. <laughs> oh, Mike is also here. I'm here too. Yeah, we hate him. And also with me is Ryan. <laughs> hey, everyone. Hi, Ryan. Ryan's our friend. We like Can I tell you guys the story about what I did for lunch yesterday? Does it involve peeing in your pants, big guy? No, it does not. Then yes. Um, So yesterday, I... As some of you know, I go to the same place every day for lunch. Who know, okay, who knows that? I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, do you okay. expect okay. listeners, listeners to just know that? <laughs> well, you have never said it on here. I, I guess so. I've Is alluded it? to it on Twitter. I every day I would go to the same Costco because it's right next to our oh, yeah, job, I and I get the exact same thing every day, which but, is brown pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then the ladies at the at the register like started to recognize me and like know my order and they'd be like all right see you tomorrow and i was like this is sad and i feel uncomfortable you're gonna live the american dream of being able to step up to service workers and say the huge i see that i love having to interact in a way that seems familiar with a person while i'm on my lunch break don't want to do that so i got weirded out by that i started going to the del taco and i also order the same thing there every day but Which then, is just a Costco hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to run across the street. But within three days, the girl who works the cashier there was like, Taylor, right? And I was like, fuck. So I got really anxious about that. Uh-huh. So I was like, I don't know what to do for lunch today. So I went to the Walmart and I was like, I'll just pick something up here. But I wandered around the Walmart and couldn't find anything that I liked other than the last witch hunter for three seventy four. <laughs> hey, nice. And you uh, ate it? Uh, yeah, and I ate that DVD. That's a Vin Diesel joint, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then I couldn't decide what to eat, so I was just like wandering around. I was like, ah, I, none of this looks good. And like, I don't want to do anything. So I just bought a whole loaf of Italian bread <laughs> for like a dollar. But I had spent so long in Walmart that really my lunch. You do really fat things for a skinny person. <laughs> my lunch break was already over for like, it was 30 minutes. So I was like, I just got to carry this loaf of bread back to my office. And then so they then, think you're like very Parisian, like, oh, I had all the meat and cheese. and. <laughs> well, no, I walked up and they're like, why do you have a loaf of bread? And I had to explain you all of this lied. to them. Don't explain I didn't this even to lie. I just told all of my coworkers what I was doing. And then they had to watch this sad man eat just a loaf of bread for lunch at his desk. All right, here's the deal. Start going to fucking Trader Joe's or Ralph's. Get those little salads that are pre-kit. Get some fucking green in your diet. You, you bring those, you save money. Huh? When you buy just French bread or Parisian bread, excuse me, and you put they put it in the bag and it's just that's all you're buying. Do they fill it with like I don't know popcorn or something Styrofoam. so it sticks out of the bag in the right way? Does oh it still yeah, look no, like a it full just, bag of groceries. Yeah, it's, it looks like a full bag of groceries. And I walked in and I was like, oh hello everyone, I've just been out to the to the corner shop. Did you get a copy of Last Witch Hunter? I, I thought about it and then I was like, mm, 
I could get this for three seventy three somewhere. <laughs> so I'm holding out for that deal. I really think that I'm gonna gonna nail that that price point. Also. There's a Del Taco. There's a Costco. Just start switching up and maybe order something different and they won't remember you. Yeah, but then that requires me to like think about what I'm doing and I don't want to do that. I used to go to Starbucks so much that I would walk through the door and they would start like preparing my drink. Oh, Just man. all of them in unison. Greg! Yeah, they're like, oh, it's Greg! And, and then I started crunching the numbers on how much money I was spending at Starbucks. $1,000 a week. And yeah, it's expensive. I mean, that's the reason I went to Costco is because I could get like an entire meal for two seventy eight. That Samples. is, I've, I've, I've now memorized that is how much my lunch costs, and it's a filling lunch. So you're roughly $1 less than your average copy of The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for one, instance. And that's why I couldn't buy that copy of The Last Witch Hunter. I was like, that would put me over budget for my lunch break. Did you crush that whole French? bread i i ate it was an italian bread excuse me first of all sorry and i ate half of it and then i saved the other half and i was like that was a good 50 cent lunch so honestly i'm like way ahead of budget so i might start doing that every day we'll see how it goes and think about picking up that last witch hunter uh, you know what the I money think you save on the bread and then if you take some uh if you go quicker you could have the bread and watch part of the movie every day at lunch oh that's a good idea guys i think we've just come to the conclusion of what i'm doing with my lunch break every day. We're going to be talking about Winona Earp today. Before we get to that, the shishies in the super serious shishy bullpen. Now we're here in the bullpen where we do, you know, whatever we want. But We hang week, out. We eat some big league chew. Yeah. We talk about girls we like. Yeah, we, we warm up a little bit. We get ready to throw them fast. We toss I'll the pigskin. Eat, pig skin. eat yeah. some of this Italian bread that Taylor brought in. Yeah, we got some Italian bread. A lot bread of it's and dirty. Some, yeah, this is old bread at this point. Hey, when no buy in bulk. No better bread than old bread. He pulled it you know out of saying? his pocket. Fresh bread. That's the opposite of the truth. Eh, well, we'll agree to disagree about <laughs> bread. This week we're doing the best supporting actress shushy. Yeah. Now, we say this every week, but now we're really getting into the good awards. These are guys. the big ones, dude. These, These are, are the big, big ones. ones. I think once that like there's an Oscar named after this. They yeah. named right. an Oscar after this shushy. Mm. Now we're in the big award. Like at this point we are as prestigious as the Academy Awards. Right. We have best sporting actors, we have best cinematology. We've yeah. never fucked up any awards. We always say the real winner. Exactly. That's you know what? As far as the audience knows, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's 100% true. It's not true. All right, so this week we are doing best supporting actress. Are you guys ready? I am ready, I am ready. to hear the nominees that we've whittled down. Yes. It was a big list. A lot of a lot it of supporting a, actresses. A long list. All right. Your first nominee from The Tick, Yara Martinez, a.k.a. Miss Lint. So this is her second nomination in a yeah, row? Yeah, right, because she was yes. also best nominated for Best Villain. Uh-huh. And lost to a fellow Ticker? Yeah. Yeah, dude. And Danger Boat won Sidekick. The Tick, dude. The Good show. Right. Good it, show. And yeah, she's great. She, she gets the tone of the show perfectly and is menacing but still vulnerable. And we alluded last week to the like roommate gag, uh-huh. of, like, <laughs> having a roommate. Is the tick at this point like even if whether or not she wins the legends of tomorrow of our generation? Perhaps, yeah. perhaps is you know what they do that's really effective. Uh, they give you like six episodes once a year, mm-hmm. and you want it so bad, and they know you want it so bad, and then they don't give it to you for a while. But not so much time passes in between them giving you those episodes that you forget what the show's uh-huh. about. Like some shows we might talk about tonight. <laughs> You know uh, what is like the most obvious gag with her, but is good is just that all that lint sticks. Yeah, she's got that lint. Yeah, that, that really lint. does work as a, as a bit because they they draw attention to it like every episode, but it's always just like a little bit of it. She's like, it's just an annoyance for her. It's just one guy in the Tick Factory's job uh-huh. to just animate all the lint for her character for the entire series. You think it's animate, not practical? 
You want you think you think they can afford practical lint I, on that yeah, set? I think they just lint room. I think they just rub a balloon on her before <laughs> every shot. I think that's just naturally her. I think she just <laughs> walks in a room and quite linty. Yeah, they were like, oh well, I guess we need to name your character Miss Lint because we can't like edit this out. Because the first episode, if you'll notice, there's not as much lint on her. Yeah, because one guy was actually editing it all out, and her name is just Rebecca. Yeah, like, props to Greg for. Being able to use his vocal warm up in the show, just mm-hmm. rub a balloon, rub a balloon. Rub a you balloon. got to use it live. Greg, props. All right, you sound better now. Your next nominee from Jessica Jones, Carrie Ann Moss. Yes. Yeah. As Jerry Hogarth. Yes. Man, I don't even really like this show, but I watch it just for her. And season two was, I don't think she could, was or could have gotten nominated for season one. Mm-hmm. Season two was mm-hmm. the only reason to watch this show. Yeah, everybody else fell and she just kept growing. She basically has the midlife crisis I'm having, mm-hmm. but she also is like sick, so she thinks she's going to die, so that like kind of ramps it up. Yeah, that makes it, I we need to trick you pretending you're sick so you do cooler stuff with your midlife crisis. Yeah. Just not going, just more D&D. Yeah, not, not just yet another game of D&D. Hey, we all midlife crisis in our <laughs> own way, all right, everybody? But uh, we talked about when we were reviewing that show about some really hardcore for-your-consideration moments that she went through yeah. that your more average Marvel Netflix actor would not have been able to pull mm-hmm. off, and she nails it. They ought to put her on Luke Cage, because Luke Cage has like the chops. Uh-huh. You know, There's a lot of good acting on that, and, I think, and she's in the universe, and they had a... Uh, Fatso Fogarty, yeah. Froggy, froggy on the <laughs> Fossil Fogger Fogarty. <laughs> Fossil Fuels. Uh, your next nominee for Best Supporting Actress from The Punisher, Jamie Ray Newman. So this yeah. is, this is uh, what's his name? Microchip's wife? Yes. This is, oh. oh, yeah. She's good. She was good. Yeah, I, she was good. I loved her. She Punisher was, was an awesome fucking show. She was. was. So, she was so good that you... She reminded you constantly that she was in so much pain from her husband being dead, and then it would cut to her husband, and he'd be like, ooh, I feel really bad about this, because she's, like, so fucked up, and she's falling in love with Frank Castle, or falling in lust with Frank Castle, and he's watching the whole time. And also had to create, like, a uh, 30s screwball rom-com sort of rapport with a guy who could only respond with, (laughs) 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 Do you get me a big sandwich? Yeah, I'll fix your dishwasher. I do have to say, though, I'm surprised she did... That she made it this far. Like, you know, there's like 87 different people that could have been nominated for <laughs> There this. was literally 87 yeah. nominees here. <laughs> or uh, potential nominees. But yeah, I think that she was a standout on this show. Much over any other actress in this show. All right. Your next nominee and last year's winner, Aubrey Praza from Legion. Aubrey Praza. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she had a. She changed her name legally this season. She had a different type of year here than she uh-huh. did yeah. last year. She my, played a different character. My favorite moment is, or it happens a couple times, but like she's just on, in several scenes begging somebody to like let her mm-hmm. out of this mind prison that she's in. And that's a side of Lenny we hadn't seen all first season. And she actually goes from like our old conception of Lenny to this like begging to be set free very effectively. And like, I think that her her big scene of the year, she was locked in that like rubber room, and she was freaking out. She was screaming. She was pulling out her hair and just kept looking at the camera saying, what is up with those Hulk hands? Yeah. You know, that was the most moving to me. Yeah. It really spoke to you. Yes. And then the Hulk hands just did a thumbs down, yeah. but still didn't explain themselves. I The one thing that I want, and, and if we could all, if all of our listeners could petition the Unicode like organization, I want an emoji of those green Hulk hands yes. from Legion. And like, you can just put them in text, but not explain why they're there. Exactly. And when yes. people say, what do they mean? Just don't answer. 
Yeah, yeah just like spawn. ignore that. Just like be like, anyway, you want to go see like uh, I don't know Ant Man this weekend, and then be like, we've already seen Ant Man three times. I don't want to do that. Also, we should give it up to uh, a natural twenty man on the street, Caitlin, yeah. for trying to figure yeah. this out from the professionals. She's going heard up us and beg like Lenny. Go on Twitter and go to natural twenties and watch her ask the question. Because first of all, she asks the question like very clearly, very concisely, and <laughs> better was, than any like reporter yes, in, like a White House briefing yes, for sure. Yeah, like it's and she's just like, could you please just tell me? And they're just like, uh. I don't, mm, like they don't have anything for her. Oh, that's it's dis- <laughs> it's disappointing. Go on Twitter and watch it. Watch the disappointing video. Wait, no, I, I, she did such a good job, but they're like, yeah, we don't. Uh. I do think she honestly got sick of us screaming yeah. that question to anybody who walked by. Could you please make them change the topic? <laughs> yeah. All right, your final nominee for this category from Winona Earp, Dominique Provost Chalky, aka Waverly Earp. So yeah. you can't say Aubrey Plaza. But you nailed that one, no problem. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I told you, Aubrey Plaza changed her name. I was right, just being okay. considerate. But yeah, uh, Waverly is the best. I think she won uh, a similar... I don't think she won Best Supporting Actress Maybe last Sidekick? The Tay-Tays? Yeah, I think Best Sidekick <laughs> last year. Uh, she's incredible. I love her. She really like has stepped it up the last season and this season. Like she started out as kind of a one note character, and then they were like, "Let's like possess her with a demon and make her have to like." That works every shit. time. Mm-hmm. That does so much. Yeah, really. Just, if you it's got good a character, for your you skin. Don't know what to do. Demon yeah. possession, and like cut off your own hand, and then like be cool with it. Like just be cool with it. <laughs> yeah, just be cool with it. But there's so many actresses who would have taken even the one note, and then eventually the second note of possession, and just only stayed in that cutesy, smirky. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a cute girl thing, and she does so much more with it than that. Yeah, she like uh, Winona Earp. When you start the show and explain it to people, they do not expect it to have any sort of like character arcs uh-huh. or capable acting people in it. It has all of those things, and it's a perfect show. And if you it's disagree, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's a spiritual successor to Buffy. We well, don't need the new Buffy. We have Winona Earp. Uh, yeah, there's gonna be a new Buffy. Yeah, but we don't fucking need. We it. We don't need it because we had. We'll talk about this episode later, but. Because just like Buffy, in this episode of Wine on Earth, the stakes were high. Oh, oh, damn! So that, those are your nominees, which I have to say, as the chairperson uh, delivering the nominees, that's fucking yeah, bullshit. Surely there's yeah. more. It's bullshit because Cheryl Blossom is not on this list anywhere. I was going to say the same exact thing. That's shocking to me. Like, uh, I am literally shocked. Did, did, no, did, the, did, the, did the Academy not watch the episode where Cheryl Blossom put on like a Little Red uh-huh. Riding Hood outfit and uh-huh. stalked around and then like hid in a barrel? I feel like we just said five times in five different ways about how these actresses do such a good job taking their small roles and doing something with them. Yeah, that just sounds like putting Ooh. a hood on. I, I don't just know got if frosty that takes a specific there. actress to do that. I am actually furious right now. She is the first lady of Riverdale, and Riverdale is the official show of this podcast, so yes. I don't see how she didn't get... Cheryl Blossom was a character that in the comics was just like, eh, whatever. And then they took her and were like, all right, you're like the sister of the dead kid. And she took that and t- like ran with it. No other actress, I think, could take Cheryl Blossom the character and make her as fun as she's this such a good does. character that they've actually made uh, who is it, Veronica, yeah. like her now. <laughs> they, they've like sort of rewritten Veronica's line so that she's more like Cheryl Blossom, and she does handle very well that scene to scene. Her character will be tonally jarringly different, very than the scene different, before. and she handles that well. 
the actress does. My biggest, I, my biggest concern is like sort of like an awards insider. You know, I'm, you know, like I follow this mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that Cheryl got iced from Best Supporting Actress, and I'm worried about Veronica and Betty canceling each other out. Well, they're going to split the actress. boat for sure. Yeah. They're going to split yeah. the boat for sure. Is Riverdale going to go home empty-handed? I I will quit the show. It might. I might I might just back Veronica so hard. Yeah, maybe we can all like yeah. make a yeah. plan this to go This is inside of trading. Do this. Yeah, we'll talk about this story. off air. I'm surprised that... Uh, I thought I thought Microchip's wife was great, but Dina Madrani fucking ruled on yeah. the Punisher. Yeah. She was great. That's horseshit. She's not on this. I yeah. think too much, maybe too much like thinking hard outside of a window mm-hmm. you know yeah. too much leonardo dicaprio sort of acting twitch, where you have to like twitch at yeah nothing. you know for me personally uh i constantly forget how much i liked punisher mm-hmm. like, and the world I, does yeah i could it's not, so good it was from good episode show. to episode i couldn't remember that it was like one of the best shows we watched <laughs> and be like, oh i have to watch I, another I one i have to watch this and i'd be like oh yeah remember how you really like this <laughs> yeah but i think a little bit of that too is the episodes were so long like so they were all cl- cr- encroaching on an hour and they all had great moments, and now it's easier to forget about all the moments that mm-hmm. made them take an hour for no reason. I'm the Luke Cage man about town, uh-huh. and I love Luke Cage, and Luke Cage is also like 57 minutes, and man, it's, it's always... 56 minutes too long. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I just want a one-minute show. I just want a webisode. This is the YouTube generation. All right, are you ready for the winner of this award? Is it going to be Cheryl Blossom? Can there? I don't know how these work. Gentlemen, the winner of Best Supporting Actress is... From Winona Earp, Dominique Provost wow. Chalky. Welcome <laughs> home, Waverly. Oh. I, I was, I guess I forgot about Aubrey Plaza, or I'm sorry, Aubrey Plaza. Herbly. <laughs> uh, but um, Herbly I can't believe she hasn't won this award every single year. It's goddamn Waverly Earp. It's Waverly Earp, you guys. She's incredible. Does she ever have any scenes where she dances? Oh. Yes, yes she does. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you have Greg's not seen. I don't yeah, know what I'm talking about. It's my first day of the Dick Sucker Factory. have there been multiple scenes where she put on a cheerleader outfit and did a slow motion dance for no reason? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, well, not you, for no reason. I'll YouTube to, it. To get the tone of the show and, and to be emotionally like uh, a cornerstone of it, it all at once is crazy. Yeah. She's so good. And I, I mean, don't know if we're going to be able to get to this in our next segment, but now she's got bangs. No, so she's that's important. She bangs, I'm glad that you brought bangs. that up because I don't think we'll have time. But Dominique, <laughs> if you if you want to come pick up your award, come down to the studio. We I will, will have it, it engraved for you. I have uh, it for her. Don't come. Just don't come here. All right, that is it for the sushis this week. Now we move on to our main event for the evening, the season three premiere of Winona Herb. Hooray! Tell that devil to take you back, take you back, take you back. My wind from red to black, red to black, red to black. On the third season premiere of Winona Earp, the gang is back in an Avengers-like team-up only the Earp clan can give us. We don't have that much time for Revenants, however, as a party bus full of glampires rolls in, ready to take over Purgatory. It almost works, but fortunately, the gang is there to wake up from their vampire slumber and defeat the glampires quicker than it takes for Jeremy to grow mustache. Taste buds, I ask you this. Greg? You with us or against us? Okay. I'm I'm glad we're going right to this. Uh, this is the most important question that yeah. we've ever asked on the show. Okay. I really like this show, Yay! you guys. Um, it oh boy. is action-packed. It's funny. It's sexy as hell. It's queer as hell. It's basically everything I want out of all the shows that we watch. It's the proud inheritor of like the Buffy the Vampire yes, it is. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, mythos. And I really like this episode 
I never understood for a second anything that was going on. <laughs> and I thought for sure these vampires were like the season three baddies that were rowing <laughs> in. Okay. So I, I was very too. surprised when they got dispatched. But I like I loved the purple mist. I loved the whole the vampire Prince concert that they went to. They yeah. all kept calling it sexy fog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the uh, whole like uh, vampire charming thing and as a way to be introduced to these characters, just hear them like talk about mm-hmm. uh, how they're being charmed by these vampires. But um, yeah, so you guys did not oversell it. I don't know if I still get it to the level that you guys do because yeah. I literally don't understand what's going on. But. I think it takes a minute to that will come very soon. You know, like it's season three of any show. Yeah, you know, four episodes and you'll be okay. Hopefully, you have that much investment. Oh yeah, but, I'm definitely like I'm gonna watch it next week and then the week after. But it has such a very specific tone of comedy mm-hmm. um it's not the same as riverdale but it's like the same um specific tone to that show yeah that after four episodes like winona is quipping is great but not because it's great it's just very winona great it's, you know there's stuff the like other that. characters like the bad guys roll their eyes at her like in uh-huh. universe most bad quipping you know people you react like it's good a dick <laughs> yeah and she's always like very committed yeah. to that eat a dick joke <laughs> and they're like wait what was that? She's like, please, please don't make me repeat it. <laughs> but <laughs> you heard what I said. You still have all of the, like the B level stuff in there that isn't the, that a lantern is not hung on. Like only stabbing vampires with a stake off camera, just off yeah. camera. So we d- yeah. we only have to do a quick bit of mist. Yeah. Never have to see that in and, there. Uh, so right after the first fight of them kicking Revenant ass hardcore and like paramilitary like she's like we have this under control and then just eat shit right after she says uh-huh. it <laughs> fuck and then her rejoinder for that pussy willows yeah <laughs> like it's, it's the, the, it's the strip the club's fault oh uh, i like how uh her sister was like i hope she's not erping it up and then she's like riding the bull and she's like i'm erping it up <laughs> <laughs> I, I my i think my favorite bit of the show was the beginning where uh officer has like you don't even like the Dragunov. And then uh, Wynonna comes out and like, is that the Dragunov? Yeah. Nice. I only know about that gun the same way I only know about any guns, which is from video games. Yep. But it's so weird because like, I played like Hitman, which that features that gun extensively. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what that sure, gun is like. Yeah. For sure. Definitely, yeah. It's Kickbacks like, someone, like took a point a- seven. Yeah, yeah. someone took like an AK-47, turned it into like a sniper Yeah, rifle. it's more of a mid-range one. If you wanted like very long-range engagements, you go for something more high caliber. Maybe but there's 50 cal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's It's solid. So nice Soviet construction yeah. on it. It'll get you there. Uh, other favorite high point was the fact that uh, in between these, the last season and this season, uh, Jeremy has grown a mustache that looks exactly like Doc's uh-huh. mustache. <laughs> and that that's it, like because he runs on and you're like, oh, is that Jeremy? And it, like it's in the dark so you don't tell. It takes a couple scenes before that's the exact facial hair. <laughs> it's, it's so perfect and it's such a Jeremy thing to do. And it made me upset because I was like, this is a me thing to do. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are our Jeremy. We are looking at that same mustache <laughs> right now, ladies and gentlemen. The whole first scene was perfect. Because I hadn't seen the show in a while. like It feels like it's been gone forever. Mm-hmm. And then I also knew that you were watching it for yeah. the first time. Maybe we were watching it at the same time, under the same star. Wow. I don't know. That's beautiful to think. But yeah, the fact, the way that they showed all of the characters doing some very character thing yeah. in this big action scene. You know, it wasn't a bunch of like um, exposition dumps or anything like that was perfect. And then we'll talk about later how season finales are sometimes hard to do. Right. Um, and I know that this was confusing for maybe first time, but this was a perfect re-entry for, at least if you've watched the show before, 
I'm back with all these characters harder than I have ever been. Oh, I was like, I was worried that I had like hyped it up in my mind from last season. Oh, there was pressure when I was sitting yeah. down to watch it. Like, I was <laughs> like, oh my god, because we've we've talked it up so much to Greg that I was like, maybe I have been talking it up too much. Maybe it's not going to hold up. And then like that whole first scene and then like stuff like when they're in the bar and <laughs> Waverly gets scared and she goes oh you made me pee a little yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah oh yeah Waverly glamoured was oh. the, the, uh, and then Hot saying uh, her name's Petra she's a vampire and I love her and I love <laughs> yeah. her yeah <laughs> or when they started arguing about which vampire was best it's like yeah. whoever had glamoured them was like the best. yeah or uh, <laughs> like when they just decided to knock out Wynonna and they're like but we can't hurt Wynonna we love her and Officer Hot goes eh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then they put her in a coffin, and she like comes out dressed in like black lace for some Madonna reason. hands. Oh, that whole bit because Greg's right. I thought that those vampires were going to be mm-hmm. the big bads of season yeah. three, and I really enjoyed everyone going. Oh, we've been wait- we should have had vampires yeah. by now. Yeah, everyone it- knew that we haven't done it yet. And now we're going to do it, and that makes sense in the world. And it's them responding to the real world talking about this show and Buffy. So, like, we'll give you your fucking vampires. Yeah. And then uh, the vampires had to have, like, grills for some reason. Yeah, yeah like, that they was were a, a weird. They were in a Paul Wall video. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the very specific, and they didn't, like, dig too deep into it, but there's specific vampire rules. Because some of them were out in the daylight, but they still had to ask permission to come into the county lines, not necessarily buildings. <laughs> yeah. But they could still charm they, they to charm. get the permission yeah. to come in. And it was just any sort of touch whatsoever. Right? Yeah. Like, no, I think it's specific had pet, to be petting down the cheek. Yeah. Graceful and cheeking. I like that final climactic battle scene where they're killing vampires and then so a new vampire would have to run up and touch somebody to get them uh-huh. back on their team. I also think that there was a little commentary going on because Winona Earp is the smartest show that we watch about, was there something about Instagram in this or just like these celebrities that are famous for just like looking good some of Being the time? Famous. Yeah, I And then you that. just all, you follow them. And you are obsessed with them, and you will defend them against other ones. Yeah. Not that they were fighting over whose vampire glammed who, but you had your person. You know, you had your person that made you think that you were involved in a world that you probably weren't involved in or should not be involved in. I have to say, the pictures you would take for Insta at this party where they oh. had the purple lighting oh, and everything yeah. would have been dope as hell. In the sweet outfits. Oh, oh, God, yeah. And they're also sexy. It's straight, like, when that that sexy fog rolled in and all the purple lighting. I and was just the realest looking fog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Dude, just so real. Real for, real for days. <laughs> and should, please be a Rihanna concert. <laughs> please be a Rihanna concert. Like, I, I for sure thought that they were going to start playing, like, it's going to party like it's 1999. What do you guys think of this Doc Holliday? Having watched the show, is Doc Holliday usually like a good part of the show or kind of like a weak part of the show? Because, like, honestly, I, having never seen the show before, and see, when you I haven't think seen Doc the show Holliday, before, so you're thinking Val Kilmer. Still. I'm thinking Val Kilmer, yeah. right? So yeah. I'm like, how is this guy, how is Shit's Creek dude stacking up to Val Kilmer? And I just. It's not that it's not there for me yet. I don't even think about Val Kilmer. Yeah, anymore. after yeah. about thirty episodes, yeah. Val Kilmer is just—he's just a fat guy this who sits guy, on a couch. Yeah, to yeah. you, this guy mm-hmm. is. He wasn't on his A game in this episode, but he's also going through some stuff in this episode. Because uh, for backstory for you, Greg, yeah, uh, most of last season, Winona was pregnant. Yeah, I remember when we did the fight scenes. There was a fight scene from Winona, uh-huh. so she was like, she was pregnant. Yeah, now she's not pregnant. She's not. And pregnant. There's not a baby. No, the, well, the baby's to, gone. To protect the baby, they sent it away. Not even they know where it is. Okay, yeah, that, he's missing his. That baby. baby's gonna be evil, though. Well, I Maybe. think that they did it just because the actress was pregnant at the time. Yeah, so she but they didn't want to deal with yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah, the most cutting thing the doc says is 
how long has it been since like the widows were around? He says 19 weeks. Uh-huh. He knows exactly how old that wow. baby is yeah. and how long that baby's been gone. So all that's in the background. So Doc is... And so that's why she says like he'll only talk to me when he's angry and he'll mm-hmm. only touch yeah. me when we're training, so I keep him angry in training. Mm-hmm. That was, I thought, a uh, dope-ass yeah. line. Dope line. Also, we learned she doesn't drink water. She's just Gentleman Jack is her post-training hydration. Yeah. Which is not healthy. No. Like, guys, if you watched this episode of Winona Earp and know nothing about nutrition, don't do that. Hydrate after you're done working and out. And then we've never met, before this episode, we've never met that Contessa lady. No. Who is just hot as hell. And after talking to her, then he goes and kind of like warms up to Winona again. So clearly there's like some interesting backstory mm-hmm. with this con- Contessa lady. So speaking of backstory, we have to, before you run out of time, talk about Winona's mom. We saw her at the end of last season and she was... In the middle of a Smucker's commercial or something? Yeah. yeah. Just staring and out? And now she's in jail and... For years, apparently. Yeah. And we have to believe that that's actually where she went the whole time. And it's not actually a secret where she went. It's just Waverly doesn't know. Yeah. Because Waverly just constantly doesn't know things. Because every yeah. time the show's like, what if Waverly and Winona get along? A different person in the show goes, nah, let's nah. put a wedge between them. Yeah, so what do we think is going on with her mom? I think it's lame to do the mountain thing into this, but I think it's also sometimes you don't know what's going to happen next. You're yeah. like, oh, this idea is better, and just move on. Okay, so yeah, I agree. Sometimes you paint yourself in a corner, and you can't get out of it in an eloquent way, but don't then spend three or four episodes mm-hmm. trying to explain it. Just move on. Or maybe there's two. Maybe there's she's got powers. Double mama. It, oh. it is Winona Herb. And I have maybe no idea. the maybe the is this the kind of show where the prison could be like a metaphysical place, like not a literal prison, but like some sort of like spiritual like prison? Legion, like Legion. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking. Legion I guess I'm thinking of Legion. Yeah. <laughs> Is this one of those shows that's Legion? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Legion. It is Winona Earp, and it is on the Sci-Fi Network on Friday nights. You should tune in for the rest of the season because we will, and we love it, and it's wonderful. And it's, it, I've heard it's won a Best Supporting Actress Award. Wow. So. Congratulations wow. to Winona Earp. That's so exciting. Listeners, honestly, um, if you are going to continue to listen to the show until Riverdale comes back, we're mostly going to be talking about Winona Earp for our runtime. So please it's, tune in and watch Winona Earp. It's mostly a Winona show from now on. Yeah. All right, that is it for our main segment. Now we're going to move on to the all the tapes. Now we're here in the tape at the part of the show where they unchain me, they unhook the little collar that they keep me to the wall with, and they let me do whatever I want. My palms are sweaty. <laughs> my knees weak, my arms are heavy. I'm spaghetti already. <laughs> this You're week, spaghetti. the uh, segment is called Oceans 8. Now, this is a little segment where we put together a heist crew, and in this case, the heist that we're doing is who can eat the ocean best. So you guys are going to put together uh, characters from uh, various media that don't have to be a show that we watch, uh, but they are going to form a heist crew okay. of uh, however many people you think you need in order to complete this task, and they need to eat the ocean without being captured by authorities. <laughs> So on the sly, like yeah. sneaky, sneaky Gotta ocean sneak eaters. sneak in, yeah. eat the ocean. And, and I know what you're probably going to say, like what are the qualifications for eating the ocean? These people, whatever characters you choose, they can use powers to help them, but they can't just disappear it. You have to eat the ocean. Okay, eat the okay. Ocean. okay. You okay. got to eat the ocean. Yeah, I'm ready. 
I'm All ready. Right. All I right. know my first pick for sure. All right, we'll start with Ryan. Who, who are you nominating for this team? It's fucking superhero hour hour fan favorite, Matter Eater Matter Eater Lad, yeah. yeah. He's the king of this. I was hoping I got to go first so I could do <laughs> wow. that one. All right, Not you know what? We're going to throw Matter Eater Lad in there. We may have to do a bonus round where we exclude Matter Eater Lad, <laughs> but we'll see what everyone else has Could we well. build a party of multiple Matter Eater Lads? Actually. Trans-dimensional Matter Eater Lads? We can. This will be a real short segment because you guys have probably done it, but now, Ryan... I'm not as familiar with Matter Eater Lad's abilities. How good is he at evading detection by authorities, be oh, they, be they terrestrial or otherwise? Well, let's start with the fact that he's named Matter Eater Lad, so probably not that good at okay. it. I'm not even sure how his powers work. Like, if he eats metal, does he be, have the power of metal? No. I think he just eats it. He can just eat it. He just and then it. where does it go? Is there poopies? I think it just Probably. goes up and out. Oh, <laughs> could you imagine if you ate the entire ocean and then you had to oh. you had to poop on the toilet for a year? Oh man, one He's just solid a, year, just a bilge pump. But yeah, so I think that I'm gonna he he would be the Marines of this team. I'm not saying he's the Danny Ocean or the Danielle Ocean, Sandra Bullock's character. Uh, he we're just gonna send him in to see what he can get got, and I think that he won't get arrested. Is it? If he gets arrested, that's okay, or that takes the whole team down? It's If he gets arrested and he doesn't flip on his fellow heisters, then it's fine. If he's going to be a little snitch, then he's going like like to like a snitch. You're yeah. going to sing like a canary. No, no, no. Well, he's going to just eat the handcuffs and then get his way out of that prison. The cops are going to come by, and they're going to see him doing what he's doing, and they're not going to care. They're going to say, ah, uh, it doesn't matter, eater, lad. I I'm furious. All right, well, that's that's an option. He's He's definitely, like, first draft. For this heist team, Greg, who are you picking for your first draft? All right, the evade detection thing I'm a little worried about, but Galactus. Okay. He oh, he just eats a straw. Yeah, he could <laughs> eat a whole planet, so, I mean, eating the ocean, and no biggie. Now, you bring up an interesting point, because he might he may not be able to evade detection. Like, he may not be, like, heist of the century, and yeah. no one will ever know I was here. But, like, also, pretty hard to put that dude in jail. Yeah, definitely. So, might not but even he is matter. defeated every time he shows up. Not every time. Well, he kills some Earth. Some of, some some of the times he I eats guess. the Earth. That depends on who <laughs> the authorities are in this case, and I will save that until you've put together your team. Shit. Okay, it's okay. Just, it's just the sea police. <laughs> um, are you worried at all, though, between about the rapport between Matter Eater Lad and Galactus? Like, Are they going to have like fresh, catchy no, dialogue? I think it's going to kind of be like um, a sidekick type thing with Matter Eater Lad sort of just trying to Being learn. Being the leader. And no, I was, I, wait, are we doing this together or against yeah, each other? No, I think Ryan and I are doing it oh. together. <laughs> no. We'll take we'll share one <laughs> bill. Yeah. Tell you what, Mike, me and you will work together. Yeah. So I know who the authorities okay, are. Okay, we can all be on one team. I just think that Galactus is like the head of the team. He's like, guys, yeah. check it out. I need to eat He's like not the a whole planet this time, just an ocean. Okay, that's fine. My thirsty. pick could eat your big dumb helmet and then take over. But you we'll start with Galactus as the leader. Okay, thank you. Mike, who do you so have? So in the OG Norse mythology, Thor drinks the ocean noticeably down when he's in these competitions with this giant because he's like, I bet you can't drink out of my wine goblet. And Thor does. And then Thor's all bummed out because he's like, I didn't drink any. And the giant's like, holy shit, man, that was connected to the ocean. And it is miles lower than it used to be. So I'm going with <laughs> Norse mythology, Thor, not MCU Thor. Wow. Okay. You know what? Does I that like count that. as pop culture? I, it absolutely does for me. 
Because um, my biggest, my, the most popular culture for me, Norse mythology. <laughs> so you are right in that hall. Yes. As a matter of fact, Norse mythology, Thor is the team leader. I, I have to say, oh. I get a little skeptical of anyone who's like super into Norse mythology. Why? <laughs> Explain yourself. What? Uh, that starts to sound a little white powery to what? me. When you're no. that into Norse mythology. No, there's never been anyone who's super into Norse <laughs> mythology who's like no, problematic in any way. Yeah. No, they're just like really into like you know culture and heritage. world snakes and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love me some world snakes. Space Blood sharks. and sand or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, who else do you have? I'm gonna take a big, big bucket of um, gizmo like gremlins. Okay. And then I'm gonna throw them in there. They sop up ocean oh, shit. like sponges, and then they all become deadly gremlins. Wow. Like your stripes, if you will. Okay. And then um, they are they will kill authorities if the authorities that's come. That's true. Yeah, I, that's the part that I wanted to get to real fast. Mm, so you're, Real quickly, we can discuss this. So, so your, your ocean's heist scenario is mm. one in which all authorities, like crime-fighting authorities of any kind, are dead. Mm. And I assume that all these gremlins are okay. the sexy lady gremlin? Right. They, of course, are all in a two-piece. Uh-huh. In a two-piece. And she does really fill it out if that was your next question taylor but there's no way that you're gonna think that these gremlins were a part of the highest you're gonna think oh this is some other thing what no, a day we're, yeah what a crazy day <laughs> oh, really all of this stuff is going head. on you you've like diehearded it it's it's suspected as a terror but it was actually uh, a heist right exactly which well, it, it doesn't make any sense to me those diehard movies like just make the heist like terrorism is way worse i think bad guys should always have like two or three plans going on so if your terror doesn't work your heist will work Oh, all right. Greg, who else do you have? Uh, there is a sort of newer Batman bad guy uh, named Orca, who <laughs> That's just, not real. just is uh, a killer whale. So, Or is like a man-killer whale combo. Mm-hmm. But if anyone could eat the entire ocean, I assume it would be some sort of whale-like creature. So I'm going to go with Orca. That's, that's a, a stupid idea. Because he lives in the ocean. How is he going to eat it? Okay, my other choice. Oh, I'm just yeah. going to go out well, No, you, you wasted it, Greg. Uh, okay. Sorry. I just changed my next I, pick, though. So I, that's a good I respect you a lot, but that was a stupid idea. That was it. just a real dumb, dumb way to go about it. I feel it. like I don't, I don't I do really, great during these seconds. I, re- I, I really feel like you didn't think that through at all, no. and I'm disappointed in you. I didn't, Taylor. I'm sorry. I really, I th- uh, I'm going to move on, but yeah. I think next time you should just apply yourself and do a little bit better because I expect more from you. I'm so, sorry. Uh, these other two, I understand, but yeah. you. I expect more. Mike, Being what, what do you got? So I'm getting the, the vibe that ocean-dwelling people are not good picks for this. Uh, well, they so might be. I'm going <laughs> to, from <laughs> from Spaceballs, it's not quite a character, but their Death Star turns into a giant vacuum, the Mega Maid. Oh, and yeah. And her one function is to vacuum things up, so she is also Galactus Huge and can just put that vacuum right in the ocean. Oh. Plus, I love the way that you started it, like she's here. From Spaceballs, <laughs> Mega Maid. I know this is kind of a, a contest or whatever, but that's such a good answer. <laughs> that's such a frustratingly good answer. That is, a, that is a really good answer. All right, so I think we've got a pretty solid six-person team here. Well, we need eight. Well, uh, there's... Plus Bullock. I've got one more. Well, uh, okay. It's Norm Peterson. I don't know who that is. For 11 years, for like 250 episodes, Norm Peterson sat oh, at the yeah. end of the Boston From Bar cheers. Cheers, oh. yeah. and pounded so much beer. <laughs> and if you put a little bit of beer flavoring, which you can find at any grocery store, into a glass of ocean water, he is going to pummel through so much. And That's... probably make some weird pun about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. To disguise the fact that he's drinking himself to death. <laughs> 
I was going to say um, Bebe's kids. Oh, sure. Because Bebe's they don't kids die. don't they die, they multiply. What so every babies? time one of them drowned, it would just turn into two Bebe's kids. What is that? That's something from the 90s that doesn't exist <laughs> I was gonna, anymore. I was Go to a library. That, is, that, is that like a spinoff of Beyblade? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's actually so, Beyblades kids. Is that <laughs> how you pronounce the Bible? Yeah, Beyblade. Uh, if we're all doing one more, then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I, yeah. walk I think down Ryan this, and I were just doing one more. I'm gonna walk down this plank and say uh, Ursula because she can get very big and then she can also magic the ocean and make it do things into wow. her mouth. You know what? Uh, that's actually I'm glad that you brought that up because Ursula is the correct answer. Oh wow! She, she is actually her magic abilities in this case. Are perfect for uh, the sea. It was supposed to be a team of, of six yeah. people, but well, Ursula was the right answer. Well, well, yeah. So this whole team does great at at eating the ocean, but you guys, before Ursula was on the team, were going to get caught because this is just an entire team of people who like sing really well, and anything that hears them sing can just like be caught immediately. But Ursula just stole all their voices, so. That's actually the correct answer, and I'm glad that you picked that up. It seems I so also, obvious unbelievable. Now. I also, I also would have accepted sea monkeys because they can do anything. All right, that is Ocean's 8. Congratulations, fellas. You have successfully eaten the ocean. Yes. Ocean's 8. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing what you guys put together for your next team the next time we do this segment, which will definitely happen. All right, that is it for the tape-in. Now we move on to the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. A few more than last week, guys. We're starting to move on up in the Sooner number. Sooner it'll be 17. Oh, <laughs> nope. Don't like that at all. But And it, it's like so many bad ones get added <sighs> because like this has been such a nice core of really good shows. We're, we're still pretty good right now. The first show this week is... Preacher. This week's episode of Preacher seems designed not just for people who feel like the show is once again stalled out, but also needed to get back to those comics we all loved when we read them as children. <laughs> Jesse and Tulip run around trying to kick the shit out of Jody and TC, which results in Jesse getting thrown in the coffin. In the coffin, Jesse reconnects with his old best friend, John Wayne. Hey, yo. Meanwhile, Air Star is trying to impress the epically obese Allfather, attempting to prove the Humperdew will be able to move along on the swing swing and keep the Allfather from giving hell to Star. Once Cassidy makes it off the farm, we're also introduced to L'Enfant du Son, the vampire fanboy club that is only slightly nerdier slash more dangerous than a real-life vampire fanboy club. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Does the return to comics make you more excited or more likely to start watching Preacher again? I thought it was cool that it got kind of like back on track, but... That's the important part. Yeah. Not the comics. The... Back on track. We're going places now. Yeah, and I mean, the the water coffin thing, it was effective in the comics, and it was effective in the show. It sucks. Like, I'm a very claustrophobic person, so the idea of being in a coffin underwater is awful. The bringing in John Wayne, I thought that was just something the show wasn't going to do. Right, yeah, that's too comic booky. Uh, the Has the Allfather been on the show yet? Mm-mm. Okay, so to, like, to have the Allfather, I'm not looking forward to the parts where he's going to start puking everywhere, uh-huh. but... Uh, I guess that stuff all worked for me as a reader of the comic books. I was excited to see all those things pop up again. So I'm not, I don't think I'm claustrophobic. Like, there's no amount of people you can put into an elevator, including a pregnant lady, giving birth at that time. Uh-huh. That freaks So there's going to be another person in that elevator That's because you were born on sitcoms. You I was born on sitcoms, sitcoms. So you're ready for it. But I can't take watching the coffin scenes. Like, they fucking freak me out. Yeah. And I started, like, just daydreaming about, like, you guys playing a prank on me uh-huh. and... You do that initial like freak out, and then you have to calm down, but you're already out of air, and like th- those are really hard for me to watch. Does yeah. that mean I am claustrophobic? I think you're. Claustrophobic. Or is that just normal? Cla- 
We'll workshop that. We'll workshop that. But yeah, I thought they were just gonna in the by the time they had gotten to this storyline in the comics, John Wayne had been around a little mm. bit. But I thought this was a pretty good introduction for him because it's like clearly he's trying not to freak out because once you start freaking out that you're in the coffin, you're gonna just go crazy. So he just goes crazy. <laughs> he just cuts out the middleman and does that, and it does give him the ability to like. Think of some weird plan where he blows himself out. I didn't quite get that. Yeah, like how that worked. But I'm not I know sure that the it science did of it. it yeah. I mean, we saw it work. Yeah, it definitely blew him right out of the coffin. But I like John Wayne here, not just because of lack of oxygen makes you go a little cuckoo, but also back when we when the comics came out, John Wayne was like this very heralded like yeah. superstar, like iconic. Now we know how problematic he was. Yeah. And Jesse also has a lot of those same problematic like traits. And so for them to team up with each other, even if it's just in Jesse's mind, makes more sense than it did in the comic books. Yeah, it really does. And the show, yeah, embraces that complicated legacy we have of John Wayne and really is like about that. I mean, they're just like slaughtering people and he's basically calling him a pussy. Yeah, he's just saying you're a straight up pussy. Those vampires at the end, I couldn't figure out. They did seem like they were fake vampires, but I couldn't figure it out if they were or not. And they seem, they do seem fake. And they seem obviously based on Interview with a Vampire, the group that lives in, like, New Orleans. It seems like they pretend to be that group from the Anne Rice comics. But I wonder if they're going to actually turn out to be vampires. Uh, right now, without knowing what happens yeah. in the future, it feels like a preacher cheat, which we're used to at this point. But the girl that he meets on, like, vampire dating app or whatever uh-huh. he uses was very surprised to meet a real vampire. Yeah, she, she did seem surprised. She was faking it. But when they take down Hairstar's whole group, they do it in a way that only superpowered people could do uh-huh. it. Like this is a this is a very powerful group with a lot of guns, and they wipe them out. Um, Cassidy in that on that date that date scene, looking pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty hot in that scene, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's really getting it done. I like his brogue, his shirt that says cowboy on it, uh-huh. which is very interesting. How that like worked against what Jesse was doing with his own little cowboy fantasy. Right. Uh, but then starts hooking up with that chick and then freaks out on her. And she's like, who am I? Yeah. No, <laughs> you might actually be a real vampire. And then in the whole, the, in the meantime, uh, stars group who just seems like they have power everywhere. They yeah. do whatever they want. They can execute any plan. Their plan to get Cassidy is just sit in a bar till he passes out. And then they take him and away. They grab him. Yeah. Which seems like a pretty good plan. Not hot was the scene between TC and Grandma. Oh shit! Dude. Why did that have to happen to me? So that's not from the comics. No, uh, that's a different, and it's not even tipped in the show at all. And then suddenly they're all over each other. That was awful. TC and Grandma have their own Civil War reenactment, yes. where they're from different sides of the war, yes. but they're in love with each other. And then TC jumps on Grandma on the couch, and hand goes down, yeah. hand goes places, and he gets distracted or something. Or no, she feels that he has a boner. Or doesn't have a boner. Or doesn't have a boner. That's what I thought it was. That he can't. He couldn't perform. And so Grandma freaks out and says, oh, this is over because this is too weird and gross. Yeah. yeah. That's when it got too weird and gross, Grandma. Holy All right. Holy. Well, on that note, you guys have moments of the week. I don't know if there's a bad way to make me freaked out by the coffin scene. Like, uh-huh. I think that you can be a really bad director and still have it effective, but it was still effective. I was freaking out. Yeah. For me, it's... Uh there's a fight early on between Jesse and Tulip versus TC and Jody. and Werewolves of London? Yeah, Werewolves of London is playing. Oh. And then uh, Tulip and uh, TC face off in the bathroom, and she like grabs oh, yeah. some uh, uh, some like cream or something and sprays it in his eye. And he stands up and gets really excited, TC style, and he goes, 
bound object bathroom weaponry. <laughs> and he crafts like a little blowtorch. And just like his enthusiasm about that, I TC is a terrible person, but such a funny character. All right. Uh, Preacher is on F- uh, no, AMC on Sunday nights. Your next show is Outcast. On this week's episode of Outcast, Kyle returns to Rome to find Sydney, but the Reverend has burned his trailer down and also maybe a kid. <laughs> the sheriff is making sure nobody gets in trouble for an arson murder, which seems irresponsible. <laughs> and a guy named Lenny kills himself. That's all that I could really figure out about this episode. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Am I confused because I haven't seen the rest of the show and it doesn't care to hold my hand? Or was it a confusing episode? I did see the whole season, the whole first season, but it was two years ago. They took a break. Yeah. And I this watching this, I was thinking about, like, what is a season premiere responsible for? Like, do you only cater to the old viewers? Or for, for at least the premiere, are you responsible for, like, holding new viewers' hands? Yeah. This did neither one of that. And, yeah, I was just as confused as you were. Yeah, I I st- I watched it all the way through, and there were parts where I rewound because I was like, I'm not sure that I understand. On your VCR? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have a VCR. I tape it, and then I put it in and then watch it on a separate VCR <laughs> just so that I could get the full experience. But, yeah, I didn't. there were parts that I didn't understand, and I think part of it was I just didn't know any of the character names, and that was confusing. So they were talking about like this Sydney character. I was like, I don't know who this is or what his deal is. And I'm also piecing together like the show, but it also felt like it's, it, this is one of those shows where it doesn't feel like it needs to like with exposition, explain to you everything that's going on. Yeah. It, part of it feels like, Oh, we're too good for that. Or we want to be above that. Cause yeah. we want to be an HBO show. But part of it is that the show and maybe rightly so relies so much on atmosphere and how we're going to conduct our scary scenes. Which, I love that. Yeah, like it's so good at it that we don't care, and, and it's because they don't care about story or character or anything like that, because yeah. you're going to get freaked out like four or five times per episode. It's, I will, like, even though I didn't understand what was happening in this show, it made me interested enough that I want to, even if I don't have time to go back and watch all of season one, I want to like read in and figure out who these characters are and figure out what's going on, and I'm... I'm in for at least two more episodes because it was directed so well and it looked so good that I could tell they were doing interesting things and like making me feel like like weirded out by certain things but still like keeping like a, a normal show. It was it was a good episode of television. Some of the scenes are so creepy that they might as well have been filled with pink fog. Like some of the realest <laughs> pink fog you've ever seen. Yeah, it's just rolling in. And the other problem it had too is that the main character, Kyle. Mm-hmm. is driving away at the end of the first season. Yeah. And then a U-turn within 10 minutes and then comes <laughs> back and says, all right, we'll do the second season. Like, okay. And so I think that that's a lot of the problem this episode has was it was an entire reset. It was an hour-long reset with like four or five creepy scenes. I think it's they, they needed to reset and start up the second season. And I also think that they didn't expect... I think they started making this second season not knowing there was going to be a two-year gap. Sure, yeah, you don't know that. And so I, don't, I think if they had known there was going to be a gap, they might have held our hands a little bit more and explained things more. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. Did you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is, it, for this show, it's always going to be the scene that freaked you out the most. Because you know, it's never like Kyle's cracking a good joke. Like, yeah. It's always just what was the creepiest scene. And for me, it was actually the sheriff in one of the first scenes of the episode going through this abandoned like yep. shop or something. That is my moment of the week as and well. There's like this half-human, half-ghost guy running around. And it had all the tension and darkness that I need from Outcast, But then also the gore, because the guy flips over a 
barbed wire fence. Ooh. And he leaves a lot of himself on that barbed wire fence. Oh, boy, yeah. Which is awesome for a cop. Like, that's a ton of DNA that you oh, can Oh, yeah, use. no. He's like, this is going to be the easiest crime ever to solve. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved that scene. That was the scene that made me go, okay, I'm going to watch the probably a lot more of this show. So bad job on delivering exposition, but great yeah. job at front-loading it with what Outcast is good at. Yeah, all right. Outcast is on Cinemax on Friday nights. Your next show is Netflix's Luke Cage. This week on Luke Cage, Luke does a paid appearance at a party to help pay off Cockroach, who was suing him for the beatdown a few episodes ago. And the event gets hit by Bushmaster's oddly loyal goons. Mariah is opening a medical center in an attempt to get her daughter Tilda to be part of the family business, but Bushmaster goes full Game of Thrones and ruins the evening with heads on pikes. And Misty finally got that dope-ass arm, but she can't stop reflecting on how obvious it was that Scarf was a dirty cop. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. Without even appearing in this episode, Bushmaster made his case as a new type of villain for this series. Do you think that works? And do you think Mariah is toast? At this point, I sort of hope so. I think it's time for Luke Cage to move past Mariah. Yeah, she's done everything she can do. She, the actress is awesome, and she was a shining light in season one, but I don't know... They, they, this show s- seems to put her on the same level as Luke of who like who we care about yeah. in the show. I For the first time this this whole mm-hmm. season, I suddenly got the feeling that this was one of those moves where they're going to build up Bushmaster so much that when she finally kills Bushmaster mm-hmm. the way she killed Diamondback, it's like, oh yeah, shit, we actually started to take this woman for granted a second time in this show, and she's the real badass here. And that could be cool, but right now, like, the her and Shades quibbling, I find so boring. And It's her, like a uh, shitty reality show at this point. Yeah, yeah, and her and Tilda isn't that interesting. Like, so something needs to happen to make us care about them. I wondered also watching this episode if she's not doing some weird thing where some of the people who seem like they're betraying her like specifically that one guy whose name I just can't remember now, but who seems to be kind of like in Shade's corner. Mm-hmm. If he's not actually working for her and trying mm. to like ferret out what Shade's up to, or if she's going to try to hang something on Shade's, like being responsible mm. for, for well, some murders or something. That guy's working for the cops. But yeah, he is working for the cops. Yeah. So maybe I think, that's not going to work. I think we're getting close to the point where we like when we see themes spread across multiple plot lines mm-hmm. in one given episode. Uh-huh. And that can comprise an episode, but I think now we're at the point in the season where, all right, now they need to connect. Right. Why in this show called Luke Cage, that's about Luke Cage, are we still following Mariah? Yeah. And it, that doesn't necessarily mean that Mariah has to go. It's just we need some reasoning at some point soon. Right. I think she's thematically interesting because she represents not some outside force that's like got Harlem in prison. Mm-hmm. But people she in like our lives? Yeah, she represents like an internal force that comes from Harlem itself, but that is making Harlem a shitty place and that wants to legitimize itself, but is a gangster, you know, is a force of gangsterism at its core. And so I guess I think that's interesting, but really the star of this episode was Bushmaster Mm. and he is not in this episode, but just his invisible hands moving everything around. And And just his shadow covering up everything, yeah. And she opens up that medical center Uh and there's three heads on pikes. Like, 
that's not the type of show this has yeah, been that hasn't happened so before. far, where dudes get their heads put on pike. Yeah, that I not having seen this episode, <laughs> that's not a thing that I expect from Luke Cage. It's surprising. It's yeah. un, it's unexpected. And then when she walks up and like three stooges them, like pokes one in yeah. the eyes, boop, 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 boop. like hits one in the nose, that added a little bit of levity to the situation, which is was needed, of course, but it was still pretty difficult. But yeah, like uh, I'm excited to when the show gets back to Bushmaster because. Now it feels like the show might finally tell us, like, why this guy thinks he owns Harlem, what the whole story is, what the source of his power is. Like, now is a good time to do it. Mike, how'd you, sorry, Mike, how'd you feel about the uh, Foggy reintroduction? Did that ruin the episode like he always does? Kind of, except that, like, he so obviously wanted to be cool, and Luke having none of his shit, I did like that, that word, when they roll into the party and Luke looks awesome, and... Foggy is foggy, and Foggy looks around and realizes he's the whitest person in the room for a thousand reasons. And he goes, ooh, Ghostface Killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it made me realize, the guy from Scream, uh, it made me realize that Daredevil relies on him for comic relief, uh-huh. and that sucks. But Luke Cage doesn't need that, so he can just stand there and say his nerdy stuff right. and not have to be like the John Lovett of the show. Yeah, he didn't get under my skin at all. and Which I, is I, impressive for foggy and i do like luke bouncing off of different kinds of people is a lot of fun hit hit their their back and forth worked for me luke's all of this worked for me in in a lot in this episode him that he needs to deal with he does have rage problems because he broke that fucking table he has he has to deal with his rage problems and he has to find his line of selling out Uh and that's all being handled in a way that these shows typically are not deft at and piranha is such a funny weird gross real character yeah uh and because i thought luke i thought he was gonna put luke in the the prison outfit like the old 70s luke cage outfit and yeah. so when it was just the hoodie with holes i was like that's not that bad but i could see what like i'm kind of bummed because they were treading water with piranha mm-hmm. and Ew. not like making him evil uh-huh. and then the whole bar scene piranha's yeah. gone now i yeah. wish piranha could have stuck around for a couple more episodes right all right you guys have moments of the week my moment of the week is shades asking mariah for harlem paradise because he <laughs> wants to go legit and I thought that that would be just such a great way for Shades to not be on the show anymore. Yeah, oh. like, here's the bar. Bye-bye, bud. And for Mariah, it was complex because he's like, if you really want to go straight, this is the last tie to your gangster life. Sell it to me. It so was it's a, not on your... It was a little bit manipulative, yeah. a little bit, like, test the waters. But he knew what her answer was going to be. Right. But it was like, stop fronting. You do want this life, so fuck you. Uh, on a week where Misty got her cool arm, uh, that was not the moment of the week for me. The moment of the week for me was when uh, Luke is sitting in like the deposition and he breaks the table. Uh-huh. Uh, but then, as they all like are filtering out of the the conference room or coming back into it, he like grabs the piece of the table he broke off and tries to put it back. <laughs> That's not going to work, Luke. That's not how that works. But man, and while they're talking about the problems with being Luke Cage, he breaks yeah. the table. Yeah. Come on, bud. My moment of the week is another Shades one. I I think this was a shining episode in all of Shades' history of this show. Uh, But him and Luke teaming up was cool at the party. And it was a good Shades line because it was Shades funny but not really funny. It was the, you do parties now? My cousin has a concierge next to me. That got me in a way because I don't have any faith in that character. My problem, though, with not just with Shades in that moment but with all TV characters is that Shades helped Luke Cage, right? Uh Like did something behind Luke Cage to save Luke Cage. But then you have to look back. You right. have to like look and like get your acknowledgement for what you just did. Just move on. There's a big oh. gunfight going. All right. Luke Cage is on Netflix all the time, so you can just watch it, but we'll be watching it week by week still until it is over. Your next show is Cloak and Dagger. In the penultimate episode of the first season of Cloak and Dagger, we see Tandy and Tyrone laid low in ways very specific to them as individuals. After learning her dad was abusive, Tandy is back to conning people, but now she's also learned how to steal their hopes as a way of getting high. 
And when Tyrone's parents don't react to the truth of Billy's death, he lashes out angrily against a jock kid and his priest mentor. Taste buds, I ask you this. Has Cloak and Dagger built up enough good faith that they can set the entire episode to a lecture of the hero's journey and have it add a dimension, or is that a lame device for lamos? They stuck to it. They mm-hmm. really did. They stuck all the way to Which it. Which was impressive because it happened once and I rolled my eyes. In the, like the first time the priest is teaching uh-huh. uh, about the hero's journey and I rolled my eyes. But they had so much dedication to this bit that it, I thought it almost worked. But I couldn't stop thinking of the screenwriters being so impressed by this idea of theirs right. yeah. that it did bother me. It was also, what's the timeline in this? Because Avita's in the class and so is the priest. But they're constantly in other scenes with other characters. Well, yeah, he did that. He gave that whole speech in the 70s. In the seventies, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, like that was like he gave that in the beginning of the episode, but we only see it over the course of the episode. Gotcha. Okay. So the timeline of that was that was one big lesson that the he week taught. before this episode, which Cloak yeah. and Dagger does several times. Yeah. yeah. If you've seen any TV before, I think that's very easy to figure out. Like the fact that all of Scarf scenes in Luke Cage were flashbacks. I think that's very simple. Mike. Yeah, we all definitely knew that, didn't we, Ryan? <laughs> Uh, I did like his and like the this is I, I like this priest character a lot and I'd like to see more of him. But his like dorky teacher stylings of the best heroes, the ones we love, cherish, follow an arc, Odysseus, Dorothy, Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. Oh. classic cool you teacher. nerd ass teacher. <laughs> oh, boy. He reminded me of Father Bra from uh-huh. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> kind of looks like him, has the same voice. He reminded me, too, of uh, the guy who left, like knocked up one of the prisoners in Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And then oh, showed wow. up on How I'm. Met Your Murderer? What's that show? <laughs> how to yeah. Get Away with Your Murderer? There you go. Yeah, How to Make Your Mother. <laughs> uh, what was Morrison here, Winky? The step-by-step hero's journey, uh, and then the episode follows it step-by-step, or Dagger standing in front of a Andy Warhol-like painting of Stan Lee for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. No, that was awesome. <laughs> really looking at it. She really at I want that painting because she's like, how do I know this guy? <laughs> I he, want that painting now so fucking bad. The thing where she learned she can steal people's hopes and the effect it uh-huh. has on her, which is like getting drugs. She has high hopes. Yeah, she's got high hopes. And then the effect it has on the other people where they just look crushed. Uh-huh. That was a bit of a, a dark turn. I forget Ooh. how dark this show is, and then it reminds me every single week. <laughs> and it's hard for a teenager to deal with the fact that they can produce light daggers from their hands. But that, what you just said, that's way harder to deal with. Yeah. Like, that'll mess with your brain. And that, that did work because, like, we've seen Tandy, more Tandy, and Tyrone it was always a good kid, So, but we've seen them both grow from the first episode. So for him to be like, they go back to how they were and are even worse than when their journey started. I was like, oh yeah, she was a piece of shit when the show started. And they show the effect of it when she does it to Mina Hess. Uh-huh. Uh, Who kills a, a bee? She kills she a bee, bees. dude. And you would never do that. And she's like so crazy about bees, but that's how <laughs> fucked up she is by losing her hopes. That was, I thought like a lot of this show is ham-fisted because it just has to be, but yeah. that was a perfect way of exactly uh-huh. describing what it's like for Dagger to go in your brain. You kill a fucking bee. Uh, th- here's a stinky winky. In one of the scenes, uh, they're getting angrier and angrier, and there's a, bo- a pot of water boiling more and more and more and more, and then it bursts, and then the anger scene. Is it this, at this point, the show's like, we're doing it all! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can see why that's lame, but also, if you're watching this as a kid, who I think... Is- and the show is very much... Like it's a good show and I like it a lot, but it's it's uh-huh. for the kids. I mean, to it's like on have freeform. The, yeah, to have the whole hero's journey <laughs> lesson. I, I'm I'm sorry. This <laughs> this show, Cloak and Dagger, where like the first episode has an attempted rape and murder. Like this is a show for children. Or attempted where the rape or attempted where, rape is for children. Where the mom argues with the son about 
you're a black kid in yeah. America. Have you paid attention to what the fuck's going on? You do have a different standard you have to live by. Okay, yeah, it's, so it's the, hardcore, but it's for kids. The, <laughs> please do not isolate Taylor. The fact that I said attempted rape is for children. Okay, uh, the last twenty minutes, basically from the cop funeral. Uh huh. That weirdly racist to have, and uh, just the cop doing shot of shot of whiskey while Irish Muke is blaring. <laughs> we get it. You're to, cops to the end of it, which mostly includes the conversation between Cloak and his mom. Mm-hmm. Like that conversation was. I had no idea any show based on a Marvel comic book was capable of that conversation. The fact that they were both totally right and inspired by fear and rage, uh-huh. and that led them to say things that like, sort of went against their beliefs, but they were still able to hang in that conversation and say what they wanted to say. That scene was it scene re- of the year. It reminded me of the Luke Cage talking to Claire. Because yes. it had that like it was about the real world. It had the stakes, and both actors looked like they were like really yeah. feeling it. You know, I mean, but that that redirected the very end of that episode because that was a super real conversation. Well, yeah, one of the most brutal lines of any of the shows we ever watched. The mom says, "You had a white cop on tape confessing to killing a black kid. Are you not paying attention to what'll happen yeah. next?" And then the SWAT team runs in. Yeah, cool society you guys formed. I, yeah, I thank you for that. <laughs> uh, I can I can imagine if I was in the target demographic for this and just basically thinking that the mom was wrong right like tyrone is punk rock and going against it and that's awesome and has good reasons but now that i'm not a teenager the mom is saying yes we just have to let this go so i keep you alive right fuck man fuck for sure do you guys have moments of the week i have one um when uh tyrone's friend who is involved with voodoo and with her yeah uh, she's trying to figure out like who his double is because that's the two of them are going to save the city. So she walks up to him and then Dagger comes like marching right up and is like, "Hey, what's your deal?" And she says, "Hey, strangely aggressive tiny <laughs> girl." Uh, it was some much needed levity at that moment, mm-hmm. and it worked. Uh, my th- this episode was called Backbreaker, which I think is very fitting. And then when Detective Lady Fridge O'Reilly O'Reilly. <laughs> See, it's super racist. O'Reilly goes, and like we get this brief history of this baton, which was weird and fucked up. That is weird. But Cloak and Dagger pulls it off. You just see the tree chopped down, and, and then she grabs Backbreaker off and attacks Connors. That was awesome before it turned horrible. And that he, is my moment of the week as he well. He beats the shit out of her, and nobody, nobody does, does anything. Because every cop is crooked in this town. Nobody. It's not that they just don't stop him. They don't like change emotion. Uh-uh. They're like, well, it's a cop party. That's what we do. <laughs> That is my moment of the week. I wish that it just stopped there with her clocking him. Yeah. But I did. O'Reilly looked familiar to me, so I looked her up. She, I have never seen anything she's in, but she was Kira Ford, a.k.a. Yellow Dino Thunder Ranger from Power Rangers Operation Overdrive. Oh, so she yeah. went right from that to this. That was, that was the movie that Taylor liked? Did you guys hear anything about the show from Comic-Con? Like, no. what's going no. to happen season two? No. There was a name thrown out. There was a name thrown out. I can't remember the name. All right. I'll keep it secret. I was surprised by... Mike, panelist Mike here, basically said what the end of this season was going to be, and it seemed like you were totally right. Yeah. The thing blows up, and it's going to be zombies all throughout the, the city. Zombies, yeah. uh, the, There's two workmen, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just a couple of workmen who get blasted by gas or whatever, superpower juice, and then they see, what's her name, Mina? Mina Hess, yeah. Mina Hess over, and they just charge at her And I do like, Draw! hopeless Mina Hess goes, oh, fuck, and just sprints <laughs> into the jungle. All right, Cloak and Dagger is on Thursday nights on Freeform. That is all the shows that we Hooray! had to talk about this week. Huzzah. We did it. 
This show is brought to you by YourPopFilter.com. It's a website where you can go and get all of our podcasts and various other articles and pop culture things. Go there. Help us out. If you wanted to support us even more, you go to YourPopFilter.com slash Amazon. It's just like regular Amazon, but it helps us out. gives us a little, a few decades, a few, a few little shekels, if you will, uh, to help pay us pennies. out. Pay pennies. Yeah, pay pennies. <laughs> Uh, you can also go to YouTube.com, search for Your Pop Filter there. We have uh, wonderful videos that are uh, one of our wonderful panelists puts together, and they're fantastic, and they're nice and little bite-sized chunks of what we do. So go check those out. You can also go to social media, Twitter.com, at Your Pop Filter, or Facebook.com, slash Your Pop Filter, if you want to engage with us in those uh, fluid, sort of uh, amorphous ways in which we communicate with our, our media stars. Like, or get engaged with us. Yeah, if you it, like, listen, I'm unhitched, so yeah. hit me up. And so is Mike. I yeah, don't think I Mike got a few more months. Yeah. yeah. So, like, swoop in there. Get it while it's hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also... I'm going to let myself go and be not <laughs> hot very soon. Yeah, dude, you're going to do the, the standard thing. You're going to get married and you're just going to in Chubbin. The <laughs> all-father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can also hit us up at contact at yourpopfilter.com as an email address. You can email us your thoughts on the show or ways the, the shows that we watch, things that you thought, mm, you could have talked more positively about this thing. Uh, but you know what? Give us your or opinion. make your own fucking show. Yeah, you know what? Maybe no, don't, no, please no, don't make a show. Don't do that. I'm sorry. Wineback, if you thought that the tape in was your favorite segment and that you wish that it was the same thing every week, then, then you are Taylor's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, so, earlier you had made the hang loose sign. Yeah. When you made that, were you was that a banana or a phone? Oh, it's uh, both. That's okay. Like, no, it's I a banana I, phone. It's a I banana thought you meant like shaka, bro. Ring, 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 yeah. ring, banana phone. Yeah, uh, it's uh, genetic engineering. Look up, look it up. Read a book. All right. Still also, my favorite. If you if you want to call me on your banana phone, <laughs> you can call me on one five six two D R D J P O P. That's one five six two Doctor D J Pop. He's a little robot man. He calls banana phones all around the world. He doesn't really. He takes calls from banana phones and then takes your voice, puts it onto a little message. He delivered us onto a little. You know those mini tapes. They're like sure, not. Yeah. They're not full size cassette tapes, but they're like miniature the, cassette the tapes. Tiny ones. You mean yeah. the cutting edge of technology? Yes, yeah. we've heard of it. So he brings us one of those, and then we put it in a little machine that makes it into a bigger tape, and then we take that bigger tape, and then we put it into a cassette player, and then we listen to it, and then uh, if we like it, we'll put it on the show. So give us your thoughts there about the shows that we watch, or about just how we're doing on the show. Just positive compliments for us. We love that. That is all that we have to do for this week. Next week we're going to be watching Cloak and Dagger. Oh, guys. The finale, you guys. The finale. Is there anything else you want to talk about with next week? Are you excited, Taylor? Are you nervous right now? I'm so excited because these three guys are going to fuck off. Yeah. And I've got the unnatural 20s in with us. So stay tuned. I'll probably be here. I'll I'll probably like show up. You better not. I'm going to make a cameo. You better not. I'm I'm going to kick you out. (laughs) So tune in for Cloak and Dagger with the Unnatural 20s. It's going to be a fantastic show because these guys won't be here to derail everything like they always do. It's going to be an hour and a half tape-in. It's going to be fucking gibberish. I can't wait to listen to it. It's going to be so good. It's going to be a delight. For Mike, I'm Greg. For Greg, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, I am the world. Guys, I just love you. God bless. That's the show.
the pineapple episode. In the pineapple episode of the first season of Cloak and Dagger, we see Tandy and Tyrone laid low in ways very specific. Spe- I can't do this. I'm going to start.